Happy Friday, and welcome back to Sabbath 101. Today we're talking about Sabbath as command. Sabbath is the only spiritual discipline that is one of the Ten Commandments. Etched into stone by God himself, we can't skirt around the fact that Sabbath is something commanded by the Lord. We'll be taking a look at some of our own feelings around authority and obedience this week. In an age that can be pretty anti-authority, don't tune out. Join us in digging into the loving law of Sabbath. Sabbath 101. It might be the most important course you take in university. Exodus 31, 12-15 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath, because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoever does any work on that day must be cut off from his people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Have you ever pissed off a kiwi? (laughs) Not the fuzzy fruit. I do mean a New Zealander. I worked at camps for seven summers in my teens and 20s, and I remember one year working at Camp Quanos on Vancouver Island, and I was working in the kitchen for one week. But I was also playing music at chapel. We had this supervisor in in the kitchen um, called Bean. He was this muscular, tall kiwi who looked great in an apron. And one evening I had a bit of a predicament. It was almost mug up or snack time, and I had to run back to the chapel to play the last song. It's a big camp, and they had about eight tables set up with trays and trays of cookies. Just this giant, tempting cookie oasis. I was about to grab one on my way back to the chapel when Bean spotted me. Hey, no cookies to mug up. I argued with him for a minute. I have to go play. But Bean held firm. No one gets cookies until mug up. I looked at the cookies and looked at Bean thinking, I have to tear down after chapel. I might not get any cookies if I don't get one now. So I waited until he was turned around and I snuck a cookie from the tray thinking nobody would notice. But being noticed, I started running. I don't know if I've ever been quite as scared in my life. I was a pretty skinny teenage kid, and and Bean was built. And he was chasing me. He caught up with me, half a cookie in my mouth, and tackled me to the ground on the field. He took the cookie out of my hand and made me spit out what I was eating. It seemed a bit much, but I'd also been a bit of a brat. How do you react to being commanded to do something? How do you relate to authority? Reading today's passage in Exodus gives me a little bit of compassion for the religious leaders of Jesus' day. 
the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law. Jesus was often at odds with them for the way that they practiced the Sabbath day and enforced it on others. After Jesus would heal on the Sabbath, in some places it even says they plotted to kill him. But that seems to be what Exodus says, right? Death and cutting off from the people of God are harsh punishments. The Pharisees of the day were pretty strict in their observance of the law. They even added to the law, things that they thought would help them take God's commands even more seriously. The Jews in Jesus' day were under Roman rule. They weren't slaves, but they were under the eye and thumb of this massive empire. The Pharisees had this belief that the Messiah, the one that they believed would rescue them and their nation, wasn't coming because people weren't obedient enough. If only our people would become righteous, they thought, then God would hear us and come rescue us. When I was an intern at Emily Carr University, with the university, I witnessed some strict Sabbath observance. We held a retreat on Denman Island, where InterVarsity's Director of Evangelism, Ian Elliott, hosted us on his property. A girl that was a Jew, both in heritage and religion, uh, knew our group and came. It was over the weekend, and on the day leading up to the Sabbath, she prepared for it. She made food for the next day, and even unscrewed the light bulb in the fridge. That way, when she opened the fridge door, she would not work by connecting the circuit to the light bulb. My mind was blown. Even to this day, many religious Jews continue to strictly contextualize what doing work means on the Sabbath. Why do we listen to any command? I think it comes down to two things. We either trust the authority or fear the consequences. When I stole the cookie from Bean's immaculate cookie display, I didn't trust him to know better than myself. I had chapel to play at, and I wasn't aware that I would be igniting his predatory instincts as he chased me down on the field. Our society is growing more and more distrusting of all authority and questions each command, looking for the loophole. The depersonalized nature of big business and even religious institutions calluses us to any sort of respect, leading to obedience. In relation to God, we need to reclaim subservience, trust, a belief that often others know better than ourselves, and especially if that other is God. Do you trust that God's instructions for life are better than what you could come up with on your own? But there is some tension here. We've also explored the way rule following can be a hindrance, how Jesus chafed against the religious followers of his day that were attempting to be obedient. Listen to this analogy by A.J. Swoboda in his book, Subversive Sabbath. I remember the first time I drove by myself. I had the ability to drive wherever I wanted, with whomever I wanted, however fast I wanted. With the steering wheel in my hands, I had freedom and power. However, to be sure I did not abuse my newly found freedom and power, there were laws in place. The laws clarifying what safe driving looks like, for my benefit and everyone else's. But the point of the laws is not to keep the laws. Rather, the point of those laws is to remind us what driving safely is all about. And then AJ says this, 
In the end, I think God hates law-giving. Why? Because law-giving implies intent-breaking. Sadly, we love living in ways that God never created us to. God gave us a world of delight to work and play in. But over time, we continue to ignore His way. God had to institute Sabbath because humanity had failed to live in the intent of God's rest. At some point in your faith walk, you've probably been invited to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Or perhaps language around Jesus being our King is more familiar. In either case, there is a sovereignty that we bestow upon Jesus in our lives. If Christ is indeed our Lord, our King, that makes him the authority and us the followers. We are in subservience to him. Christians are a unique people in this day and age in that we are people who still willingly choose to submit ourselves to the authority of another, the authority of Christ. application this week, we will be maintaining our six hours of rest and delight this Sabbath day. Put aside your work, pray to begin your time, and do only that which qualifies as rest and worship for you. Trust in the goodness of God's command to Sabbath. During that time this week, spend a half hour or more reflecting on Luke 1, 28 Mary is perhaps the best example in Scripture of humble obedience to God. With great faith to believe in the unthinkable and allowing herself to enter a position of ridicule among her people through her obedience to God's will. Here's a few questions you can ask about the passage to reflect on Mary's and our own postures to God's commands. What stands out to you from this Scripture passage? What do you notice about Mary's responses to the angel Gabriel? How would you react? In what areas of your life do you find it easy to submit to Jesus as Lord? In what areas do you find it difficult? Why do you or don't you obey? Thanks for tuning in. This has been Sabbath 101, the most important course you might take in university. May our Creator bless you into rest, humility, and obedience this weekend.